As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to I'm Not Steve Kerr on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, the Rush Brothers, Colin and Scott. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a <laughs> Chris Farley, man. Legendary. Had to do it. And guess what? My brother's not even here for episode nine of I'm Not Steve Kerr on the Believe Podcast Network. Something about he had to work. Uh, people work these days. It's, I don't know. I call bullshit on that, but my brother's not here. So I'm rolling solo, which is just fine. And my guest this week, the one, the only Dr. Tony Rockland. I've, have I ever called you doctor? No, but you should. You know what? (laughs) I I earned that. (laughs) You put in a lot of schooling and a lot of work. So Tony was my assistant coach uh, in my college playing days, 1996 to 1998. So we're kind of dating ourselves here. But um, he's got quite a story going back to his college playing days before he became my assistant coach and tried to make me puke multiple times. We'll get into that perhaps. Uh, A a little uh, trip to Maui for a couple games uh, that he really kind of took it out on me and the rest of my teammates my senior year uh that'll come later in the show but tony is a physical therapy guru is what i would call him he's based in portland oregon i'm coming to you from san francisco california and uh we're gonna talk his past walking on at oregon state his inventions his patents uh his whole career trajectory but let's start with going all the way back tony you were a college basketball player, but you were very, uh, you didn't take a traditional route. You were a walk-on as a senior. You're going to have to correct me as I ask you these questions, but am I right on that? Yeah, it, it's a unique story. When I got to, out of high school, I knew that uh, I was a late developer. I knew I wasn't going to get recruited by big colleges, and uh, I had some small offers uh, to go to the JC, and I just wanted that big college experience. I wanted to go to the football games. I wanted just that that whole thing. So I said, mm-hmm. sports are over. I'll just play intramurals. I'm off to college. Got to Oregon State, met some of the guys on the team, and you know played with them, and then really started, when you play with people a lot better than you, well, you get a lot better real mm-hmm. quick, or you don't play at all. 
And I was kind of holding my own with them. And then I started growing, gained about 20, 30 pounds, just like a late mature, right? And just started playing with them. And they invited me to come, you know, play in the Coliseum with them. And then at the end of this, they're like, you know, you should walk on. I'm like, I don't want to walk on. I can't, I'm not good enough. And they said, whatever. So I let it go. Kept doing that. Next year, same thing. Hmm. Basically training with the team for five years. And finally, what they they went and talked to Coach Anderson and said, you got to come see our buddy down at the rec center. He's down there every day. So they actually came down, sent assistant coaches to the rec center at Dixon. And then I get a call from coach saying, I'd like to meet you in my office, you know, tomorrow or whatever. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, completely non-traditional, right? Mm -hmm. I go there and he's like, you want to walk on? You think you got what it takes? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, coach, but you don't have one guy in your team that can outwork me. And he goes, I'll see you next month and we'll see. Mm. And that was it. That was it. And then, you know, I go there, I show up, I make the team. And next thing I know, I'm a sixth man or a starter. And they're like, uh, coach is like, so, you know, he doesn't even realize really fully. The assistant coaches know, but coach, you know, they have the head coach has a lot of things on their plate. At this point, he doesn't realize that I'm a fifth year senior. Hmm. So he says to me one day, you know, we're having that awkward talk, you know, that, you know, we're both in there kind of just sitting and he's like, so what do you want to study here at Oregon State, Tony? I said, coach, you, you know, I'm about to graduate. He's like, what? <laughs> he's like, you waited five years to walk on. You just wasted, you know, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I, I, I got lucky. I had a lot of playing time. Do you regret though? I mean, looking back in hindsight that you should have tried earlier. You know, you know how this goes. You kind of look mm -hmm. at it and maybe I wouldn't have made it because he had different guys. Mm -hmm. I was playing like a, a small three and, uh, you know, it just kind of worked out that way. We had a couple of injuries um, and then, uh, it, I could have, but man, I wouldn't trade that experience, you know, to travel the country, play 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. it, it was pretty awesome. Do you think that could happen today in college hoops, especially at the division one level? I mean, you don't hear about walk-on seniors, let alone starting in a power five conference. I mean, you were pac 10 then now pac 12. Yeah, I don't know if, you know, I don't know how you could tell, but I don't know if there's been any fifth year senior walk-ons who were starters yeah. or, you know, there's guys that transferred their fifth year and their fourth year for sure. Maybe they had to walk on because no scholars were available. But, uh, you know, basically I was on the team for five years, but technically only one, you know, because I hung out with all the guys. I mean, my freshman year, Gary Payton's a senior. Yeah, you got to uh, tell these Will, Payton stories. You got to tell these Payton stories. <laughs> Will Brantley, uh, Alan Selstein. I mean, these guys, uh, they were Pac-10 champions with Arizona, with Steve Kerr. They were co-Pac-10 champions, Judd Buechler, these guys. And uh, Harold Miner was at USC. It was just a great mm -hmm. year. That place was packed. I'm up in the stands looking at my friends playing, and I could be down there, but, you know, it's one of those things you'll never know. I remember when we first started, uh, met some of the guys, they say, hey, we're going to have 10 guys. We need You're, you're going to be number 10. So there's going to be 10 of us at the Coliseum. We're just going to do some preseason training and uh, play some open gym. So come on down. So I'm, I'm 17 when mm -hmm. I went to college. So I'm skinny. I'm 6'5", about 160 pounds at this point. And uh, just nervous. I get in there and I'm the, they, Gary Payton's a senior and somebody or is a captain. Somebody else is a captain. Like we're playground picking teams like this, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm the last guy picked and, and Gary Payton looks at me and just says, come on, doesn't even pick me. He has to take me because I'm his fifth. 
he comes up to me. He goes, I don't know who you are. I don't care who you are. You are going to pass me the ball. In fact, don't even pass. I'm going to come over and take it from you. I don't want you to shoot. I don't want you to think. You lock down your guy in defense. I'll take care of the rest. And he's, you know, I'm looking right in his eyes. He's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, as well. He's right in my face. And that big jaw, you know, that's just – so I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm going to show Gary. I'm going to impress him. I'm going to show him that I'm not some scrub. I can play. So we're playing. I'm locking my guy down. Gary's loving me. I'm, you know, this is going great. You know, I'm not dribbling. I just get the rebound and wait for him to come get it. I'm doing everything correctly. And all of a sudden, I get the ball on the three-point line, and the defense, it's like not game point, but it's deep in the game. The defense screws up, goes another direction. So I'm like right there for the lane. I have, you know, I'm 6'5". I got like a 38-inch vertical. Mm -hmm. I, I can jump. I can, I can dunk. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going down the lane. I'm going to dunk the shit out of this, and Gary's going <laughs> to love me forever. You know, in open gym, you know this. Being a basketball player, you don't call certain things like three seconds in the key. Yeah. You don't call traveling. Yeah. You yeah. don't call backcourt violations. You had to call the traveling that I just did. You, you had to call it. So I take off, and I just forget to dribble. It, it's the most ridiculous thing because I was so excited about impressing oh Gary. Oh, my God. So I take like three steps, then I start dribbling, and then I dump the shit out of it. But they have, <laughs> but they call traveling on me. So then there's a big argument, and Gary has to submit to this. So he comes up to me, and he takes the ball out of my hands. He's jawing that, that Gary Payton. Yeah. You've seen it so many times. John, and he – you know, I don't know if I can swear on your program here. Oh, but sure he's just Okay, cool. Sure. <laughs> you have a couple Cheers. times. <laughs> so, so he goes, takes the ball, he kicks it up to like the top of. We're in the, you know, there's janitors. We're in a eleven thousand seat coliseum here. He kicks the ball up there, our only ball, and says, "Get the fuck out of my gym and don't ever come back." And I'm just, you know, I just single tear just starts trickling down. <laughs> Put my. They're like, Gary, we need him. He's ten. Like, I don't want to play with that fucking clown. You know, I'm not playing at all. Get the... So I, I walk back to my dorm and I'm crying. I, I want to call my mom at this point. And I'm like, so I go home later in that later in the week or whatever. I see Gary. I'm, he's playing video games. He's just a kid at this point. Right. We're down in the arcade playing video games. And he comes up to me. He's like, hey, you know, man, I'm just competitive. You know, it's not anything personal. I'm like, I'm in counseling, Gary. What do you mean it's not personal? <laughs> So that was my first uh, my first interaction with Gary Payton. You know, I talked to him about this. He doesn't. He says he doesn't remember. Oh, this of course he wouldn't know, remember. We'll see each other in future yeah. alumni things. He's like, oh man, it sounds like me, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But hey, hey. So years uh, years later, then you're the walk on senior. You're playing now with Brent Barry, and you just sent me that video. So there is video of you dunking in a game, and there's a great story behind that. That was against USC transition and Barry with just the perfect touch pass. Uh, or tip pass, I guess, to you for for the easy flush. But you're not, you, you never forget that. Yeah, no, that was that was that was a great time. That's our last game. You know, really? We're this this yeah. That's the last game of the season. It's USC and 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 uh, I I you know before the game, Brent knows. You know, coach used to say, you know, Rockland, you jump 30 feet in practice and three inches in the game. Just dunk on somebody. <laughs> it's just one of those things when you're in the game. It just, uh, you know, I was a guard on the I'm in the three point line and outside. I'm not like inside dunking on people. Yeah. And so uh, before the game, Brent comes up to me before the group meeting and he just says, Rock, 
He goes, you're going to get your dunk tonight. I guarantee you. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. I'm all excited. He goes, I got you. So we go up, we play the game. And then somewhere in the, in the second half, we're down on defense against SC and uh, we get a steal. And just like you learn, like if you watch this video, just like you learn from grade school on up, when you're running like a, like a three-man weave or lay-ins, you got to get to the, to the sideline. You don't want to clog yeah. up the middle. So you, yeah. so you run down the sideline. And yes. once you get to like free throw line extended, you cut in, right? Yeah. Towards the hoop. Classic, fundamental. I'm doing this. Brent Barry gets a full court pass, does one of his special, jumps up in the air and throws it to the side. I'm running in perfect timing. I grab it. The ball doesn't touch the floor pretty much the whole time. And I just take off and dunk the crap out of it. And, you know, and then retrospect, you're like, what? I should have done something different. But anyway, so <laughs> I dunk it. I go down the floor. I got my hands up and he comes up to me and he's like, and no one knows this when you're just the fans. He comes up to me, gives me a big hug and says, I told you, Rock, I, I told you. And I was like, man, that was a special moment right there with with Bones. Yeah, those are the sort of memories, right, that you never forget. I mean, I had one my junior year at Pacific, and it was the same deal. And, it, I mean, I didn't dunk, right, but but Fitz did. Colin Fitzgerald, the other Colin. And uh, I remember fast break, two-on-one, at Lewis and Clark. I don't know if you remember this, but I gave him this bounce pass, and he just cocked it over a dude. Um, a game that we, oh God, we don't have to go back to that. A tip in at the buzzer off the top of the backboard. Like what a joke. Anyways. So one of our three conference losses that year. Um, but so you were my coach we for two good. years. Yeah, we were really good. Our junior year ranked, uh, I think as high as fourth in the nation. Whole team is now in the, the Pacific athletics hall of fame. Um, uh, but my senior year, quick story here before we move on to everything you've done post-college. Okay. Uh, we're playing two games in Hawaii. We're a really young team. We go from this awesome team that's senior loaded to a team that's like all freshmen, basically with three of us seniors and our all, you know, all conference point guard. What uh, Steve uh, tears his MCL the day before our first game. So he's a, a shadow of himself for a while. And we're playing in Hawaii. We get throttled by Hawaii Pacific, who is like ranked top five in D2. And then it's uh, New Year's Eve. And so we all go, not with the coaches, to Waikiki and just, you know, do what 20, 21-year-olds do and just get loaded. And then we practice the next day because I think we had a game that following day, like maybe on the second. And you guys decided since we'd have gotten blown out by like 30 or 40, you're just going to run us all day in a gym with no AC. And I think like three or four guys puked, but I held it in check. I held it in check, but it was close, man. Do you remember any of that? Or did they all did they all just bleed together with uh, the amount that you ran us? No. You know, what's funny is is I remember sitting with the coaches. And, you know, when you become, a, you know, as a player, when you become a coach, you look back. It's like when, you, when you're, uh, before you're a parent, right? When you're a kid. And then you have kids, you're like, oh, yeah. Now I don't, I do it. Now I know what I did to my parents. So as a coach, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, these bastards, they're out there partying right now. They got their asses handed to them. Yeah. I go, coach, just let me at them. Uh, you know, these guys are going to run. He's like, well, don't hurt anybody. Don't, you know, don't get them sick. They're probably out partying. 
And, yeah. and I'm just like, I'm going to make every one of them throw up. And, yeah. and so, you know, we wanted to, we had a day to recover. So it was probably one, one of the meanest things you could do, but yeah. I think we yeah. need to set the tone, say, guys, we can't, <laughs> I don't care if, if Hawaii Pacific's ranked fifth in the country in their division, we, we've got to be more competitive. So yeah. that was, I look back, I'm like, that wasn't so kind, but man, I tell you, it felt good to me at <laughs> yeah, the time. Right. Well, I think we did actually play pretty good in the second game against Hilo. We didn't win it, but we played pretty good. And, um, so, yeah, hey, man, coaching days. Wow, it, it, in, in a way it feels like yesterday, but it also feels like forever ago. So we're sitting here. It's uh, Friday afternoon, December 4th. We're cracking beers. You're up in Oregon. So we talked about it. I got my mirror pond, my Deschutes, Great Oregon. And you got – yeah, what is that? Yeah, that's that's uh, Bend, Oregon right there. That's, that's Bend IPA. as well? Okay. Yep, cheers. A couple Bend beers, right. So we'll enjoy some beers. We'll finish out this podcast. Um, but let's get into post-college uh, life. You, you go into uh, physical therapy. Obviously, you did that at Pacific where you got your um, doctorate, I guess. Um, and then you move on. And, and, and ultimately, let, let's kind of fast forward through your career the last 10 years. You become an inventor. And you start uh, MedRock. This was 10, 11 years ago. Uh, you created something called the Hip Track, which I know the 49ers were involved in a little bit. I don't know if that's still going. You tell me. And, and then a uh, segue into me into your uh, newest thing, which just launched at maybe the worst time ever in the history of the world. But walk me through all that. Absolutely. Yeah. After Oregon State, I went to Pacific and. Uh, I wanted to stay, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't have any future in sports. And I thought the only future I have is, is I loved rehab. I loved working with our trainers and I was just fascinated by the human body. So I'm like, I can stay working with athletes if I become a physical therapist. So I do that, I go to Pacific and uh, where of course I meet all you guys. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then I start with a company called Therapeutic Associates, which, you know, I'm still actually with technically, I become a partner at Therapeutic Associates, been here 23 years. And uh, just a fantastic company. You know, the physical therapists are the, the are the owners and the directors of the company. So, you know, the people in the trenches are making the decisions. So love this company. Um, and then, you know, we're in the trenches and you start thinking about what, what patients need. Like, well, uh, if we only had this, that could be really helpful. If we only had this and I'm like, I don't even know how to change the oil in my car. I, I'm not going to invent <laughs> anything. Like I'm not mechanical. I'm mechanical on human bodies, but I'm not, you know. I'm the guy at the house where my wife wants me to do something. I do it and then have to pay somebody else to fix it. Yeah. That's just how it is. Okay. So, um, but I have this idea and, and with certain kinds of patients, you know, that have hip osteoarthritis. I'm like, if we had this, they would really love it. So I talked to, uh, I, I literally don't know anything about inventing. I talked to my brothers who are in the medical field and they're like, well, yeah, if you, we'll give you some money if you need the help on that. I put an ad in Craigslist. Uh, for 25 bucks saying, I need a mechanical engineer to help me with this, uh, you know, cons consultation product design. And this is in 2008 when the economy is just tanked, right? Mm -hmm. And so I go upstairs, I come back down, I have 125 resumes from mechanical engineers. And I don't know, even know how to read a resume for, for an engineer. So I just look, find five that look pretty to me. I call them and I say, hey, I want to get this idea. So this guy comes in, and we start prototyping and I'm like, you know, there might be something to this because prototyping is so important to test your concept and your theory to see, can this even work? Right. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, is there even a market for this if it does work? Sure. So I'm just yeah. using Google and everything else. So we, we, we designed the same and it works. 
And then we build the real product. And what it essentially does is unload your hip joint when you have arthritis. And so it just feels really good and improves your mobility. So we started doing this. And uh, next thing I know, this is selling in 26 countries. It's, uh, it literally has changed healthcare. It's been so fun. I've learned so much through a lot of mistakes, of mm -hmm. course, like anything else, learn by doing. Um, but what I did learn is I learned how to take a, 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 something from a concept in your head and actually bring it to life mm -hmm. and to go through all those steps to make it happen. So then I started getting addicted to this. I'm like, you know, I look back, my grandfather was an inventor. He was an artist. And I remember being in the garage with him. You know, you look back at all these years later and we used to sit and fiddle and try to make things in the garage. I'm like, man, that's so cool that it's come full circle. Mm -hmm. And so I have these other ideas. Like, you know, you, you just get all these ideas. I'm like, well, what about this? What about this? When you're young, you don't have the confidence. You don't have the maturity. You don't have the finances to like challenge the status quo. But now I'm like, why, do, why does it have to be that way? So now I make things. And the next thing that you made is called Hot Rock. Tell me about Hot Rock and, and the scheduled launch and what happened there. Yeah, so so hip track's my passion, right? That's what I'm so passionate about. But then these other ideas that I'm like, you know what? They're, I'm not as passionate about them, but for me, they're just no-brainers. They're money makers. They're going to help change things. Athletes are going to love them. Mm -hmm. Like we wish we would have had these things right. when we were in college. Right. And so foam rollers are out there. There's a million foam rollers, vibrating foam rollers, hard, soft, whatever. But the one thing that we didn't have is that super heated, kind of intense heated foam roller. And, and we know why it's just hard to do. So I thought, you know, I bet you people would love a foam roller that just got really toasty hot at the same time to help relax things. So again, went with our engineering team, our design team, just started fiddling around this for the last four or five years. We finally mastered the concept to make it a, an affordable, but really uh, functionally productive unit. And so Hot Rock is the world's first self-heated foam roller. And uh, I mean, just for athletes, for my wife is the biggest demographic, you know, 42-year-old mm -hmm. mom, active, healthy, but, but they're always cold, right? She's always cold. So she loves that heat physical therapy, chiropractor. So we, we get this and we're like, we're all excited. We're like, okay, we've been working four or five years on this. We have investors. We're so stoked. I'm like, guys, next week, we're going to do a crowdfunding campaign. We're going to launch this sucker. So we launch it and it starts, you know, it's doing great. And then all of a sudden we start hearing this word about this uh, virus thing, like, oh, you know, no big deal, really probably just a past blowover. Mm -hmm. And then boom, the pandemic hits. And your dreams and your hopes and dreams just come to a sliding halt right right there. And so we, we really had to pivot. And, you know, you know this from business and you got to be nothing. Nothing works out. Right. The plans yeah. never work out. So you got to be able to be uh, flexible and pivot. So we mm -hmm. pivoted, but we, we survived this. We had a successful crowdfunding campaign and uh, it took eight months to it delayed this whole thing by eight months. And, and is that mainly, is that the supply chain where you were getting these built, like just physically uh, the manufacturing of them and then getting them to you to get them to the ultimate destinations? That's right. It's, it's a lot of uh, uh, the sh shipping, for example, things yeah. that take two to three weeks now are 10 weeks. Right. Uh, supply chain. Those guys that are making it, they have to get their shipments that they can't get. Mm -hmm. So everything is just you know, people started ordering this and in crowdfunding, you know, people already know this. When you get something for crowdfunding, you're like 
you're pre-ordering that at a great discount to help support the company to finish their project. So you're right. not expecting it in two days like Amazon, but you do expect it within eight months. Yeah. So <laughs> we just had to send out a lot of updates and say, you know, thank you so much for your support. We're surviving. We're going to make this. And then what we did was we, we delivered a badass product. I mean, this saying has blown away my, my expectations. And so we finally just launched last week and we've sent all to all the backers and now we're in talks with you know distributors and retail and just online and so it's all starting literally right now well what i'm going to do because this podcast is not just audio it's also visual right we've got our youtube channel i'm not steve kerr if you want to subscribe please do that so i'm going to add a lot of the b-roll you've got some great videos that you have on medrock's youtube page that you have put together uh with your audio production team or video production team so i'm going to incorporate that so people can see as they're listening to you talk about this they can get that uh connect what you're saying to the visual but right now how far you're saying you you feel like you've just about caught up or have you all the way caught up? Yeah, we're, we're pretty much, we're all the way caught up with our pre-order because right now, and then the holidays, Hot yeah. Rocks retail price is 179, but people can get it for 50% off right now. So we wanted to launch this sort of pandemic launch. We have to get the word out, right? And so $89, people can get this really high-end roller. And then we'll gradually go up over the next three to four weeks to full price. But it's uh, we are we finally have an inventory. I was so stressed out all the time. I'm like, your biggest fear was success, meaning, mm -hmm. OK, I want people to love it. But could they just wait another four weeks before they really love it and don't order? But I want you to order. And we, got, yeah. we started getting all these orders and I couldn't fulfill them. So for the first time now, Colin, this week we have an inventory. And now people can order and it gets to you in two days, right? So that, that feels really good. I slept really good last night. I have to think, though, that based on this and the pandemic and what everyone's been dealing with, that the vast majority, if not all of them that have ordered from you, understand what has happened. But it's also, like you said, such an amazing product. And when you order something, uh, you know, especially as an adult, you're it's, it's like a toy for a kid. You can't wait to get it and try it out. But what's the feedback been from people? Have they been patient have the, have you had certain ones that are hitting emailing you every week what's going on what's what's it been like yeah there there is a vocal minority okay. out of the uh you know the first probably 600 people uh you know they're excited this this is like getting your iphone or airpods it's a really exciting thing you want to check this thing out if you're active and and so um at first people will were really uh patient uh, because it's crowdfunding and they mm -hmm. know, and they're dealing with the first time, like with the pandemic. Right. But, you know, you can only play that pandemic card so many times before people are like, yeah, you know, I get it. I'm... So they were really cool. So what we did was we, we were getting a lot of messages from some people saying, is this some kind of scam? I knew this was going to be a scam. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not kidding you. This is the crazy part. I got a few death threats. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I got death threats saying if you don't deliver my hot rock blah 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 and i'm like this is like getting real really real all people have to do is google your name and see your videos and know that this isn't like that you're just not a made-up person i know it's there's just some crazy things going on in this year right and so you know with those people i i reached out it's hard to reach out to all of them but i did i reached out to wow. every single one and had a conversation 
And by the end of that conversation, we went from death threats to, man, thank you so much. The personal attention you're giving me, man, you're such a great guy. Thank you so much. And I was just like, man, that is, but that's what people want, you know, yep. and they want and that and personal that touch. 50, yeah. 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 And so now we delivered to them and the feedback we're getting, uh, I mean, I get comments every single day, this one email that I don't know, a month ago or three weeks ago or whatever, it just said, you know, I was a little skeptical but this was worth the wait. This thing is awesome. You know, I get these messages that people love it as much as I do. That feels good, man. That and this feels, wasn't feels from really, one really of our good. old, uh, one of our old teammates that's on our basketball text <laughs> chain. It wasn't one of the guys. <laughs> you know, those guys are worse. You know, those yeah. guys are harsher than anybody. Yeah. Those, those guys support me, but they got some yeah. choice words, but th- it just feels really, really good. And then I have people just ordering five more, you know, because it's, it's wow. such a great gift. It's just the first of its kind in the world. It's just, re- and that's how hip track was. It's just yeah. really cool to do this. So how can people find hot rock and how can they order it? So we have a campaign right now, like the crowdfunding campaign, it's it's changed now to sort of, a, it's not really crowdfunding, it's just delivering. So they can go to HTTPS, um, and it's basically IGG for Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiegogo is like Kickstarter. So yep. they can, it's a platform. So they go to Indiegogo and just type in Hot Rock and they'll find it no problem. But it's IGG.me backslash at backslash Hot Rock. And so uh, they can do it that way. They can also go to our website, mm-hmm. uh, medrock.com, and that'll direct, that'll take them right to it as well. But you also, I mean, you're promoting this on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. And so people maybe have seen it cross their feeds uh, that this is a real thing and it's, uh, and it works and it's here. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It gets up to 175 degrees in four to five minutes. Now that sounds frightening, right? 175 degrees, because you know, you think about a hot tub, right. when it's really hot, it's 104, right? But but when it's ambient air temperatures around it and you're dynamic, you know, there's products out there that could, there's like a ball that gets up to 115 degrees. Great product, but when you're on it, you're just sort of like, yeah, it's warm, that's cute. I wanted something that where an athlete was like, oh shit, I got to turn this down. This mm-hmm. is, this is legit. This is hot. And it's, and you don't have to wait 20 minutes for it. You turn it on and this sucker goes. So it's, you know, that's why it's super high end because it, it's not uh, for the faint of heart. This thing is really, really amazing. The people that are buying it, is it just civilians? Or is, are you getting this into universities? I'm thinking about, you know, training rooms. Uh, would have these j- just there at all times. How have you kind of managed the sales aspect of it? Yeah, you know, it's a great question because really it's just starting right now. We've done this crowdfunding, but you know, it's a funny thing. People don't want to buy something when you can't deliver it for eight months. It's a weird <laughs> thing. I don't, Amazon has really screwed this up for me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so really we- Well, we got one of our buddies works in Amazon. We should, you should talk to him some more, you know? Let's do it. Let's call Steve. <laughs> yeah. We so we just got our inventory in, and uh, uh, the Monday of Thanksgiving, so whatever last week or whatever, we just started the full onslaught of advertising and marketing. So, but these five categories of people. So we got rehab, right? Surgery patients and physical therapy, chiropractic. We got endurance athletes. You, you know, runners. They'll do anything to. Uh, they'll spend as much money as they want to, to help themselves feel better triathletes, cyclists like that. Yeah. And we got, you know, the biggest demographic right now is women, 35 to 50 year old women that are super active and just want to feel better. 
and we have the higher level college and pro athletes. Um, and uh, anyway, so we, th these demographics are buying it up right now, but we are just now, we're going to be talking to getting that licensed in the NBA, NCAA, mm -hmm. whatever the new college football thing is that I just read about yesterday. Yeah. Um, we're going to do this because the sleeve on it is a removable sleeve. So you can have your favorite teams, Oregon State Beavers, mm. of course, if you're in Oregon. So like, you, you can brand have your favorite. You're talking about branding them yeah. almost individually. Interesting. Yeah. So so we're going to go out like you mentioned the 49ers. The 49ers had me down and we did an in-service for their team uh, for hip tracks. They bought yeah. a couple of hip tracks and they use those. But we're going to have these in every sports, pro, college, you name it. It's going to be great. And is the outreach too? I mean, with your with your reach, uh, your name, you've you've done speaking engagements all over the country, uh, all over the world. Um, do you reach out to associates, uh, or have they reached out to you and and tried to also, like you said, hip tracks in twenty six countries? I assume the same as for Hot Rock, just as many, if not more. Absolutely, yeah. This is the exciting part. Like that's why you know you know how busy I've been. You're busy too. Yeah. I just. I'm so excited when I get off this phone call, when I get off this Zoom call with you, this podcast, I go straight to the laptop and I got to call all these, uh, you know, countries and these distributors and all that and just give them the good news like, hey, guess what? We've been waiting eight months. You can order right now. I got a call from uh, the CEO. I won't name it. It's a, a big company that does a lot of that, you know, like the, the, vibra the massage guns, you know, the percussion, yeah, right. like uh, those. Um, uh, but I, he, that calls me and says, I'd like to order a thousand hot rocks. I mean, that's pretty good phone wow. call right there. Well, that's a good and one. So we have licensing agreements. We just have so many things that we have to get into right now. And this is the fun part, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's go time. You know, like an athlete, you work so hard and you're ready for the game. It's game time, baby, right now. Yeah. That's exciting. Right. I mean, do you feel like do you find yourself as we're, we're getting into Christmas that that you expect to have kind of a surge in sales? I mean, if you are an athlete, this is kind of the perfect kind of gift for someone that, uh, you know, is active and has that sort of a lifestyle. Um, the, the timing, in a way, couldn't be better, you know. Oh, it's the best time right now from basically September through about May. Because I get up in the morning and this morning it was like 32 degrees. I don't want to go outside and go for that run. It's freaking cold. So you got your coffee, you got your hot rock. It's like, it gets so hot. It feels so good. So fall and winter are the best. And that was the bummer about this year was we are just, the delay took us right into uh, basically Thanksgiving. So Black Friday marketing and advertising, you got to prep for that in July and, yeah. and August, right? So here I am, uh, Monday of uh, Thanksgiving is my beginning of my advertising, but we've sold so many already this week and, and um, last week. So it's, uh, it, it, you know, we're a little too late for this year to get our full, but we'll still have a ton of sales in January and February. There's a lot of skiers, snowboarders, just people that are in the snow, just cold. Is this your uh, 100% main focus for the foreseeable future or because like you said you had hip track and now this is are, are you thinking long term maybe there's there's a third thing that comes and potentially a fourth thing or are you just focused here and if that idea comes or maybe it already has you can tell me then you start going down that path 
Yeah, Medrock, we have four main products right now, and we have eight products in the pipeline. Okay. Uh, but the, the problem is, you know, you only have so much time and resources, finances. If you just do everything that's in your brain, you know, spread it too thin, and you can't really get any good depth on anything. And so the main focus right now, uh, HipTrack, this was its breakout year. We just signed a couple of big contracts in January, right before the pandemic. So hip track and hot rock are the are the main focus, but we have another foam roller that's called the rock. It's a it's a dual intensity foam roller, so you can have a hard part and a less hard part. And then we have a product called Neck Savior that one of my buddies in the UK invented, and and that's like a cervical traction device. So those are the mm. big four products, and then we have these accessory products. And so really, our goal in Bedrock is to build up this suite of products involved with sports performance, mobility fitness, like that kind of thing. And we're going to be very attractive to a lot of bigger companies uh, that are in the same space. And so this is definitely my main focus right now is to build up Medrock into a powerhouse of a company. And where the future holds, we don't know exactly, but I love what I'm doing right now. I get to still be a clinician. I teach uh, other physical therapists through continuing education courses all around the world. I get to travel when the pandemic, you know, gets a little bit less, of course. And uh, I get to invent things. Like I had the best job in the world. It's just exciting, uh, like a kid on Christmas. So I love it. Well, I mean, you just touched on what I was just going to ask you. Um, you know, I started this podcast over the summer because I'm, I've been unemployed, right? And and this is, was part of the conversation I wanted to get into of, uh, you know, it's not something that I'm ashamed of. And, and we've known a bunch of our friends that we know, and, and I come from the media business, which has just been decimated. There's so many talented people out there looking for work right now. Uh, not something to be ashamed of, but, but you want to keep busy. You want to keep those uh, kind of the juice is flowing and for me it's doing something like this and talking to interesting people whether they're they're lifelong friends like like we've been um or just just someone that i've never even met but i've always uh really enjoyed their work from afar whatever it might be it's to to kind of stay relevant stay in it stay active in it and and when you say that you're in the clinic you're there two days a week still so you still have your hands on and you're still kind of uh, I guess you, you still got that 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 roots feeling to your work. You haven't just said I'm out and now I'm just gonna to rest on my laurels here. You think it's really important to stay in that setting to to an extent. Oh, absolutely. When I'm teaching people, what you know, what, wherever I'm at, when I'm teaching, there's nothing worse than that physical therapist or chiropractor looking at you like well, are you even practicing clinician anymore? Yeah, it's real easy to tell us about these things, but you don't even know what it's like. I'm like, man, I've been in the trenches for 23 years and I'm still there. So mm -hmm. you just it carries a, a certain kind of clout, a clinical professional clout with other people when they know you're in the same situation. You know, our clinics have gone through the pandemic big, big time. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we, we lost, we went down by about 70, 80% wow. and had to scratch and claw our way back up. And, and obviously we're doing a lot better now because it's essential. We need to be able to help people having surgeries and stuff. But, yeah. but to be in the clinic is, is it's, it's a lot more fun right now. Before it was like, this, this is my business. This is my, how I pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Now it's not that at all. It's just, I get to go help people and spend whatever amount of time I want with them and, uh, and just keep, keep that process going. And, and the stress of it is gone now. So but I definitely need to keep those relationships and, and stay cutting edge.
Yeah. So best of both worlds is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about the name of this podcast being I'm not Steve Kerr. Did you think I played like Steve Kerr in our college playing days? Did you see that at all? I mean, I would get it a lot, but I really got it when I moved to North Carolina. I started playing there. Muggsy Bogues and David Wesley, I played with them at the Y. They called me Steve Kerr. And it was, you know, I had a few people in college, a few in high school, but it was really like almost post. And then in the last 20 years, maybe it's working here and being around Kerr and the Warriors, but I don't know. You know what? You know what's crazy is I've never thought about that until you just said it. See, that's and interesting. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. You, you, you actually do. You got a great <laughs> three-point shot. You can handle the ball. You're a smart player. Like, you know, you're not going to rise up and dunk on anybody, no, right? No, that never but happened. You're, but, no. Steve, but hey, I, I don't know about you, but I'd love to have Steve Kerr's uh, career. Yeah, um, I know. Well, that's but what yeah. I say. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, okay. you were our three-point shooter, so we needed yeah. – uh, ne- that's what he was. Yeah, I could spot It's funny up. that you said that. You totally are. That's I, great. I could spot up. But you have a Steve Kerr story going way back. We talked about it earlier, and you are allowed to talk about this. We'll keep it relatively PG, but it's a good one, man. It's a good one. And, and this is this is youth Tony Rockland we're talking. Yeah, not this not is, now. This is, yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, thank you for. So if your uh, wife's in the background listening, making this sure is a long time clear. ago. It was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. So <laughs> I, I was 19 or 20. My dad and my uh, some of my siblings lived in Chicago um, for, you know, since, you know, for 20, 30 years. And so I used to spend summers in Chicago. My mom was here. My dad was there. So I would go to Chicago, spend Christmas. I'd spend summers. And then 1920, I was working there. And my little brother was about 13 years old. So it's not totally creepy, but he was about 13 years old. I'm like 1920. We're in one of the one of the supermarkets there. It's called Jewel. If you're if you know Chicago, you know Jewel. So we're in Jewel, and I'm just shopping with my brother, bebopping around. I look down the aisle, <laughs> and I see a super beautiful girl. I mean, woman. She's probably you know 25, 28. I don't know what she was, but you know, I'm a young man. I I, I, I tap my brother on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, Maddie. I go check that out check out that she's reaching up and i was like wow she's beautiful so i'm sitting there and you know that feeling where like you know somebody's looking at you look at somebody or or you just suspect something and i'm like oh no so it's in my head it's like oh her husband or boyfriend is coming down the aisle so i turn to look and walk away and sure as shit it was, except it was Steve fucking Kerr that's that's doing it. And so now I'm like, I'm like, oh, sorry, man. You know, and just walked by. And it's Steve Kerr just shaking his head and smiling at me. He thought it was funny, I think, because he was smiling. <laughs> and so now I'm like sort of starstruck because it's Steve Kerr, Chicago Bull. But he caught me looking at his uh, lady friend. So yeah, yeah, that was probably his wife. Probably end up being probably his wife. yeah, probably was. But if you're gonna get caught, hey, it's not a bad person to get caught by. Yeah, right, man. That's a good one. Well, hey, dude, this has been fun. Uh, we've finally made it happen. We've been talking about it for a while, but you know, I really wanted to help kind of get the word out there. I think it's important, especially uh, entrepreneurs like you. You're an entrepreneur, man. Um, during these times, because there are products out there there are people out there that um have really struggled through no fault of their own uh to try to get and reach their dreams and so uh let's help get the word out about you know hot rock and and you said it earlier in the podcast where to find it how to get it and and hopefully we can help people 
uh, do that because it's a uh, it's a cool product, and I expect one uh, by Christmas Eve, buddy. <laughs> you bet. No, I appreciate it, Colin. I love your podcast. Keep it up. Let's uh, let's get more people listening. And it's just been really hard this year. We don't need to preach to people how yep. hard it's been, but man, when you've worked so hard for a dream and to see that a week later in my little SWOT analysis and my risk assessment, nowhere did I put pandemic, global pandemic. Yeah. And so it was really hard. It kind of crushes you, but uh, to see us kind of survive this and now we're, we're starting that place where we get to get out there and make it happen. You're right. I don't take this for granted. There's a lot of people struggling right now. Who don't have jobs. I'm, I'm working my butt off and uh, not going to complain ever. It's, it's been great. And thank you for this time too. You know, we've been talking about this for a long time, so yeah. we just got to get some golf going. Uh, I, know. So, you know. I know some bad, some bad golf, which is mostly the beer drinking, you know, but uh, yeah, bad golf on this end, but whoever's listening, that's not a bad golf. No, right no, there. No. You and your it's brother not... make me feel bad. The, the brother, uh, he's pretty good. Not me, but Hey man, cheers to you. And right. uh, we'll catch up soon in Portland or wherever we meet again and uh, have some good time. So Tony Rockland, Dr. Dr. Tony Rockland. I don't know if I'll ever get used to that. Hey, Take care of my thank friend. Thank you. Thank you. It's not Steve Kerr Resch. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> See you, buddy. See you, buddy. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.